Good evening, Dad. Hello there. <clears throat> How's your day? It was good. Good. Transition and chemo, and I'm through for the week. Amen. 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 Drink your poison, not kill me. That's right. You are. <laughs> and you're living it, ain't you? Amen. That's, that's okay. Boy, if there's a test of faith, that's the one right there. Well, I, I watched my first wife go through it for 33 months. Well, that's, and that's, that means it's even harder for you to, to, to stand on that. So, amen. And she was deathly sick the whole time. Yes, sir. Is mom there with you? She is and Kay. Hi. Oh, okay. Good evening, Kay. We got a threesome. Yes. Right on. Right on. Well, I think my wife went to church tonight, which I, I, uh, I really, I, so that the, those, that church, um, has really, really been good for us. So, is this um, one? It's, well, here, here, well, let me, let me backpedal a second. So, getting away from the church where we were at and getting to any church that stretches us has been very good for both of us. That is good. How about that? I love it. Better way to put it? Yeah. Yeah. We didn't want five churches before we found one. Yes, sir. So, And, And God sent us someone to bring us to it. Well, God, God sent someone to us as well to bring us uh, and, and, um, and I, and I had to remind her again tonight. I said, I I said, listen, you know, everything was, was getting worse and worse right up until this event. And we started going to another church and stretching and then immediately everything started getting better. Wow. So, if that doesn't tell you that the spiritual growth should be the most important thing in our marriage, should be our spiritual growth. Oh, yes. Then then I don't know what would tell us that. And that was God very clearly um, standing back and letting it get pretty much as bad as it could get. So we were actually sitting at the dining room table having conversations about where we were going to be living and it wasn't in the same place. And... Uh, and and then bringing us back to a loving, fruitful, God-fearing relationship. I mean, in the blink of an eye. Yes. So to me, that is God allowing us to get to that point saying, look, I want you guys to see how bad it can get Yeah. when you're not putting me first. That's true. You know? Um, because I don't, I don't believe that any marriage can be truly healthy in the absence of, of two people seeking God together. Right. Every, every couple that I've ever seen that that's an, that's an ungodly couple that claims they have a wonderful marriage. They, they, it, it turns out later that they have a sham of a marriage and it's a hollow shell with the plastic mask on. It's, it's not representation of marriage. Exactly. Exactly. How long have you been going to this church? Excuse me? How long have y'all been going to this particular church? 
well, this is the church that I, I went to for two years while she kept going to uh, that United Methodist Church. Oh, okay, okay. And um, and so now we're we're back there, and uh, it's been, I mean, super good, super good. And and like I like I said, you know, yesterday when I was I was telling you guys that I had, you know, I, I was in my truck praising God and I and I suddenly realized I'm back. I'm on fire again. Yeah. Amen. You know. I can I add something to it? Sure. I want to request you because my daughter is newly married. I've been praying for them to be uh, under God and for salvation. Sometimes God, I ask myself, I've been praying for a long time. God, I know I have faith in you. I'm still praying. But God gave, promised one thing, that they will be married under God. They're not married. I'm still praying for their salvation. Would you pray for us? Pray for them? Certainly. Are, are they... Uh, are they another religion or are they just um, nothing? My daughter doesn't practice it, but she's born and brought up as a Hindu like I was. Okay, as a Hindu. Okay. And he is a Catholic. They both don't practice religion. Okay. But they believe themselves to be Catholic and uh, Hindu. And he has tried going to Quaker churches. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, and they're married on the November 23rd. They're coming to our church to be blessed by my pastor, which God opened the way for them to agree with that, to be blessed this coming next Sunday, not this Sunday, next Sunday from this coming Sunday. Please Hmm. keep your prayers, brother. I I will. I will. Priya and Rick. Priya and Rick. Rick, and their names are Power, Richard and Priya Power. 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 Yeah. Like a power, yeah. My accent. Yeah. <laughs> She's got a little power. Power. Yeah. Little, very Hi, guys. <laughs> hmm. Thank you. It's very... That's what you said, both of the people together grow apart. Um, that's my prayer for them. Yes. Yes. Well, and and we 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 will all join in prayer with you Thank to you. seek their salvation. I think myself I've told many people that a woman has an amazing um power over a man when it comes to his faith. Uh to to bring him either away from uh, faith in God or to faith in God. So I'll pray especially for your daughter, because I know that if a woman will go to her husband and say, will you read me the Bible? Just read to me, please. Um, that if a woman does that and a man starts reading the Bible and then she asks questions, well, what does that mean? Well, what does that mean? I believe that within a year, any man that that's happening to will become a mighty man of God. Amen. He'll become a mighty man of God, and he'll lead his wife in righteousness. And 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 I believe that it's it's the tender leadership uh, method. It's a tender leadership method that that God gives a woman. She has the ability to lead a man's heart in the things of God, 
um, with that form of encouragement, with the encouragement that's a request, not an insistence. You know, so I and I and I've seen it work. I've seen it work over and over and over again. Right. Um, the the guy I before Kay was on, um, I told you guys several times about uh, a guy that I led to Christ out in California. Um, he's, he's the guy that had the miracle where I prophesied the Holy Spirit spoke through me and I'm, you know what, I'm just going to tell it the whole story again for, for everybody benefit, but for Kay as well. Thank you. So, um, there's a man that worked in a shipyard out there. I was out there for about two months for a project and I start, he, 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 he was asking me a lot of personal questions. He, he kept asking me about my faith and he, he said, you know, I'd never seen a port engineer that comes in here and he doesn't say cuss words. And he goes, and I can just see it on you. You're walking around the yard and it's like you have this light around you. And, 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 and he, he, was, he was really drawn to it. Hi, Hi Bob. You got me on the truck speaker? Now we're on the neon right now. Okay. All right. Um, so anyway, uh, this guy kept asking me questions. We went to meals. I took him out to lunch several times. And, and he was asking me about my faith, how I'd, how I'd come to believe. And, and then he told me some of his past, how his parents had been Christians. But, but at home, they weren't Christians. That, that they, they did drugs at home. They did alcohol at home. They, they didn't raise him in a Christian manner. And so he was really put off by Christianity. His, his perception was that most Christians were fakes and hypocrites. So um, at any rate, I ended up getting to lead him to the Lord's Prayer over a lunch. And about two weeks later, we were talking and he was talking about his fears. He was telling me that he said, he said, look, his his marriage had fallen apart. His children were given to his ex-wife. His ex-wife was. Honey, turn your uh, turn your microphone off. Okay. I don't know how to do that. Jacob, turn it You can we'll just, just switch over to your switch over to your phone screen and hit the mute button. Anyway. Um, Oh, man. Anyway, she'll log back on. All right. So at any rate, uh, he was telling me that he had been divorced, that his ex-wife had taken his children, his daughters, that he was grieving over it, that there was no way in California he'd ever get his kids back, that she was using drugs, that it was a terrible situation. She had different guys in the house all the time. And he said he really, really wanted to get his children back. He wanted to get custody of his children. But he was concerned about it because his new wife, who is from India, uh, she's an attorney. Um, he said she is infertile. She can't have babies. And, he's, and he was afraid that if he got his children back, that she would always feel... Um, some angst towards the children because she is unable to have her own children. 
And uh, the Holy Spirit just welled up in me, and I went way out on a limb, way out on a limb. Um, this is a guy who I'm mentoring that I just led to Christ. And if you say something like that, I mean, he was already jaded by Christianity. And, and so I said, listen, the Lord wants me to prophesy something over you and tell you. If you'll give your life to the Lord within one year, he's going to give you custody of your children. And he'll give you a baby through your new wife. And uh, he received that. He said, I received that. And I told him, I want you to stand on it. I want you to honor it for one year of your life. I want you to seek the Lord's face. You honor it for one year. And, and just a couple weeks shy of one year later, he called me. And I was outside with my boys doing uh, splitting firewood. He called me up and he said, Sky, you're the first person I called. I haven't even called my parents. Nobody. He said, I'm sitting on the steps outside the courthouse. And the judge just gave me custody of my children back. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and he said, and yesterday I found out my wife is pregnant. And uh, and so that's one of the guys that's always listening to these Bible studies afterwards. You know, uh, when we have our Bible, he's in California. So when we have our Bible studies, he's still at work. Yeah. So um, anyway, his name is David Gunn. And uh, and so I had the opportunity early on when we were first having those meetings. Here's where this ties into your children. Okay. It is that early on in those meetings, he brought his wife to visit me. And she's a Christian. She's uh, she tithes ten percent. She's she's the she's the real deal. She's trying, you know. And uh, and I told her, I said, if you'll sit down with your husband and you'll patiently ask your husband every night to read you the Word of God, within one year, you'll have a mighty man of God. And so she did. Every night, she was the she was the catalyst in that marriage that kept him reading the Word of God every night. No matter what was going on, she was faithful to the cause, and and helped that prophecy um, become a reality for him. That is a wonderful testimony, isn't it? And I didn't I I now believe with my whole heart that um, my son-in-law could be a mighty man of God. Absolutely. Absolutely, he can be a mighty man of God. And, and what, turns a, what turns a man into a mighty man of God has nothing to do with getting him to go to a certain church. That, that's, that all helps. That all helps. Or getting in a certain element. But, but I know that I know that I know the thing that brings a man to become a mighty man of God is when he spends time in God's word. When, when he spends time in God's word and God's word will suddenly come alive. Yeah. God, there'll be a, there'll be a day, a certain time. He, he won't realize exactly when it was looking back, not exactly when it was, but there'll be a day that he suddenly realized that at some point God's word came alive and started yeah. living and breathing in him. And, uh, and that happens. Yeah. God is faithful.
All right, let's say our prayers. <clears throat> Father, thank you. Thank you for this time together as a family to read your word. Thank you for um, blessing us with the opportunities to exhort one another to, to share the miracles in our lives. Um, yes, Lord. And uh, Lord, as we read your word tonight, please open our eyes and open our ears. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I have to I have to tell you guys something. I when I just said exhorting one another and sharing miracles, I I left something out yesterday. Um I got the call from my work saying that I'd be working from home. Before that, um I'm on a job and my boss told me if I wanted to, if I'm bored, that I could just go buy myself a bunch of tools and I could jump in and and help these people. So I went and bought myself a bunch of nice tools and uh, and the Lord spoke to me and there's this guy working on my job that I've been talking to about Christ. He's a, he's a young guy. He just started in the shipyard. He's trying really hard. He's trying to turn his life around. He just found out his girlfriend's pregnant or his, his, his wife, they're living together. And, uh, and the Lord spoke to me in the morning and said, I want you to give Michael that tool. And it's, it's a nice tool. It's, it's, it's DeWalt. It's in a case. It's, you know, and my kids are all laughing right now because they know I'm a tool hog. I love tools. And, uh, <laughs> and I said, okay, Lord. And, and so I got there and I kind of talked to the guy a little bit. And I was kind of feeling him out. Do you really want a tool, you know, kind of thing? But, uh, um, and, and so I kind of danced around it all day long. All day long, I danced around it, and I was torn. Believe it or not, the Lord has everything. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and here I am being so petty that I want to hold on to something that was given to me for free. That I that I don't want to share. I didn't want to share a blessing with somebody that was given with something that was given to me for free. That my company is paying for. And at the end of the day, I was getting ready to leave, and Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, "Don't forget to give that tool." To Michael and so I went and got the tool out of the truck and I walked up there to Michael and I set set it down I put my hand on his shoulder and I said that's for you I want you to have that son and I turned around and I walked away and it wasn't 30 minutes later that I got the call with the blessing that I'd be working from home so so I I, I wanted to to point out that you know, there's a real possibility that had I not been able, willing to bless somebody with the blessing that I might not have received the other blessing. Yeah. Because God's word says that he blesses us so that we can bless others. Uh, Robert Morris has a message on bless to be blessed. Yes. I, uh, yes. Yeah. We, we bless to be blessed. Exactly so, so God's word says that he blesses us so that we can bless others. And when we become a well uh, for God's blessings, and, and not a well of water coming out, but, the, but like a deep hole in the ground that just takes God's blessings for ourselves and doesn't, doesn't share them, then God's blessings towards us will dry up. 
we'll find ourselves in a position of God's blessings drying up. Yeah. So anyway, um, so tonight we're in Proverbs 14, verse 11. Kind of, I kind of wanted to just keep sharing miracles and test, but that's all right. Here we go. <laughs> so, the house of the wicked will be overthrown, but the tabernacle of the upright shall flourish. For the house of the wicked will be destroyed. But the dwelling of the upright, the dwelling of the righteous, will prosper. There's a way which seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. There's a way, and, and we all know this, we all should know this verse. This is a, this is, this is a primary verse. This is a, 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 a hinging piece of knowledge for God's, for God's way. And, and God's law that, that, that the, beyond the natural law, the foundational law of God's word, there's a way which seems right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the way of death. And, and let me say this. I'm going to say this and throw this out there. There are a lot of people in this country right now, including our politicians and, and, and those that support those type of politicians who are doing what seems right to them. They're doing what seems right. The way of man, they're, they're doing things that they see that it is the way of man's right. The, the way that they're watering down the difference between man and woman. The way that they're tearing down the, the foundation of family and marriage. The way that they are, are saying that a woman's uh, um, um, prerogative, wh whatever her mood is, whatever happens is, is more important than the life that they're that they're carrying. Um, I don't I don't want to say that it's less important. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that every bit of life comes from God. Everything that's alive comes from God. And I, I know sometimes it's it's easy to say that that's a man speaking, that that's a man that's saying that, but but it's but it's God's word. It's God's word and it's the truth that nothing, no heart beats, no heart beats without divine intervention. No heart, that's right. And um, everything that they stand for, everything that they're doing, e even these attacks on the Second Amendment in Virginia. Okay, let's, for a second, let's put away the guns because here, here at the end of the day, I honestly believe I honestly believe that if there were a war, that if God called us to go to a war, and he would have to call me, make no mistake, I am, I am beyond the years when I will run to war without the Lord's blessing. Those, those days are gone. That's a, that's a young man's foolishness. I am a mighty man of God. And when the Lord God calls me to the battle, that's when I'll come to the battle. But, but make no mistake. If I ever had to run to the battle, I know that I know that I know I could run to the battle with nothing but a rock in my hand. And if the Lord is with me, I will prevail. Right. I don't need those things. I don't need those things. 
But the reason why they're attacking those things, one of the underlying reasons why they can't help themselves but attack those rights are that the U.S. Constitution, the Constitution is there to pr protect our God-given rights. Those yeah. are natural rights that are, we hold these truths to be self-evident. These are the truths that, that when God created man, when he created man and woman, he said these are the inherent rights that God gave man and woman as they, as they walked in dominion on the earth. These are rights that no man should take away, that no government, that no entity at all should infringe upon. That's the very foundation upon which the United States was, was formed. And, and so that's why the fight is there. And a lot of Christians don't understand that. They, they look at it for what it is, for the element thereof. And they're like, look, dude, you're making a big deal over really nothing. We don't really care about those things. But what they're attacking is they're attacking the freedoms that God gives at birth, at, at conception. Actually, the freedoms he gave us before we were ever born because he knew us before we were ever in the womb. Right. That's what it says. Yes. So, verse, verse 13. Even in laughter, the heart is sorrowful. And the end of that mirth is heaviness. So, so what it's saying is, even when somebody's laughing, their heart might be grieving. And, and, and even though they're joking, they might have a heavy heart behind it. Let me give you, here's, here's a very simple way for us to translate that verse for our own wisdom. Don't judge a book by its cover. That's the easy way that we can judge this. Sometimes we see a, a, a child who's getting chastised and they'll smile or they'll laugh. Or we see, we see a person that doesn't know how to deal with a certain uh, social situation. They, 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 make a, they make a face that looks like mirth or they smirk. Or a person that's in a confrontation where it looks like this guy's going to beat him up and the guy just sits there and smiles, he smirks. It maybe maybe underneath all of that is a completely different emotion that these these smiles and these laughters are sometimes a mask that we wear to cover up the hurt that's inside. So so when we see someone that's laughing and mirthful, we're not to assume that they're truly laughing and mirthful and and that we should be conscious we should be conscious of the fact that they might be grieving inside. We should care for them. We should pray for them. We shouldn't just dismiss and say, oh, he's fine. He's happy. He's laughing. So, verse 14, the backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways, and a good man shall be satisfied from himself. Here, here's a, the translation I highlighted as I went through these. The perverse man will reap the full fruit of his ways. The perverse man will reap the full fruit of his ways. And the good man will reap the full fruit of his ways. We will reap what we sow. We'll reap what we sow. 
the word of God, Jesus himself, gave us parables that are directly from that piece of wisdom right there. The simple believes every word, but the prudent man looks well to his going. Or a simple man believes every word he hears. A simple man believes all the lies. He believes all the propaganda. He sucks in all the garbage that's floating around. But a clever man, a clever person, a clever person will discern for the truth. A clever person will hold out for the truth. A clever person will look at the lies and the propaganda with discerning eyes and discerning ears. 15. A wise man fears and departs from evil, but the fool rages and is confident. The wise fear and depart from evil, but the fool rushes on and is confident. The wise fear and depart from evil, but the fool rushes on and is confident. Not only does the fool rush into the problem, but the fool rushes in with the confidence. He that is soon angry will deal foolishly, and a man of wicked devices is hated. What does that mean? It tells us that the one that's quick-tempered is, is about to do something stupid. A person who has a quick temper is going to do something stupid. They're going to do something foolish. And a man who plans wickedness is hated. The foolish will inherit folly, but the prudent will be crowned with knowledge. That one probably doesn't need any explaining. The evil bow before the good. And the wicked at the gates of righteousness. This is at the end of all things. At the end of everything, you will always see throughout history that all the wicked and the evil at the end of everything was over. They bowed at the feet of the good and righteous. God will not let evil prevail. He never has. There's cycles. When the evil gathers up all, they gather up, they build the houses, they build up the store, the store uh, houses, they, they, they build up the wealth, and it looks, it looks for a while like they're going to prevail over everything. But, but they don't. Justice comes. It always comes. And whether evil is laying on the ground begging for its life at the, at, the, at the tip of a sword, or whether evil is on its knees begging for mercy, or whether evil is crying out to God as it stands on the gallows, evil will meet justice. Verse 20. The poor man is hated even of his own neighbor, but the rich has many friends. So a poor man is detested even by his neighbor, and a rich man has lots of friends. This is human nature. Human nature. He that despises his neighbor sins. And so, so that verse, that even though naturally that, that people 
despise the poor man, okay? And the very next verse after that tells us that he that despises his neighbor sins. But he that has mercy on the poor, happy is he. Sometimes when we have a very poor neighbor living next to us, we we don't like the fact that the, we have a super poor neighbor living next to us. And I think that I think that one way that we could look at this is that if if there is a poor person living right next to us, that somebody that has less than us, somebody less advantaged than us, that God has given us an opportunity to be blessed. That God's given us an opportunity to receive blessing. To help us. And uh, that's as far as I'm going to get tonight. Dad, it's yours. Okay. <clears throat> There's a lot to chew on there. There's a lot to chew on. Yes, sir. Uh we ought to be very careful that what we say we do and very careful not to be the kind of person that God wants to be. Father, we just come tonight thanking for your word. It's clear, Father. And the more we get into it, the more we understand. And thank you for that understanding because your Holy Spirit teaches us. Lord, as we come tonight, we come on behalf of Priya and Rick, that Father, you will bring them together strongly in you. Bless Kay. And keep her, Lord, in prayer for her daughter and her son-in-law. I lift up Gwen to you, Father, and ask your blessings over her tonight that you would ease any pain in your body. Father, fill us with your goodness and your mercy. We need to always be merciful to those around us. We thank you for the testimonies, Father. I was able to give a testimony as I was getting transfusion today. And it seemed to really strike home to nerves. Father, we come, Lord, and ask you to bless Sky's family. I pray, God, for Maria and Sky that you immensely bless that home, that you will sanctify it and make it all your very own. Pray for John that you would bless him and direct his paths. I lift up to you, Lord, Elise and Aaron, ask you, Lord, to bless their work and their togetherness. Pray for Jacob and Rachel that you would touch their lives and give them guidance, hope, and direction in their lives. Lift up Mel and Catherine and Cecilia to you, Father. I know they'll listen to the podcast. They've been prayed for, Father. I pray for our churches, Lord, that they would mount up and teach the truth and be cleansed by your Spirit. Holy Spirit, hover over every church that brings the Word of God and truth. 
ask you, Lord, to strengthen the pastors. I pray, God, for this city of San Antonio, Lord, to come against the poverty in the city, to come against the killing of unborn children, and for religiosity, Father, that has taken over in this city. Father, religion isn't going to get us to heaven. It's by the very word of God, by through Jesus Christ our Lord. Pray for our government, Father, that you would strengthen it, that you would cleanse, Lord, every part that is not going your way. And I bring down the powers of the and rulers of darkness in the name of Jesus Christ. I cast you out. Lord, I bind force that they cannot come against the truth. I pray, Lord, for the leadership in the White House that you would bless it. I pray for our judicial system. Lord, there's been much cleansing going on, and I'm thankful. I ask you, Lord, to bless this country again. May we, as your people, confess our sin, Father, and turn from our wicked ways and that you might heal this land. Because you promised it through Christians. It's not the lost, but your children living righteous lives. Father, we pray for our armed services. That you be with every branch of service, Father, and guide them and direct them. Father, we are so grateful for those who are willing to stand up. I pray, Lord, for this these states, Lord, that are going through their leaders wanting to take their guns away from them, Father. And I pray, Lord, that you will hold this Second Amendment to be factual and truthful and given the right of us to protect ourselves. And we thank you, Father, for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Amen. You'll be good. Good night. Good night. Love you guys. Good night. Good night. Good night, everyone. Love you. Good night.